You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Happy Victory Monday to you. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday by a score of 44-34 and improved to 7-2 for the first time since 1993. It was an unbelievable start to the game for the Buffalo Bills. Andre Roberts got the fireworks started with a 60-yard Kickoff return to start the game. Three plays later, Josh Allen hooks up with Isaiah McKenzie for a 25-yard touchdown pass, and the Bills never trailed. They took the lead 84 seconds into the game and never looked back, claiming a statement win against a team in Seattle that entered the contest 6-1 and with a consensus MVP candidate and Russell Wilson at quarterback. Josh Allen won the duel. And that's where I want to start. And things that I like, just like we do every game recap, we're going to do things I liked, and we're going to spend a lot of time there today. Things I didn't like, well, we're going to nitpick a little bit, and then we'll close out the podcast by reflecting on the predictions that I made for the game. We'll look ahead to what's going on with the Bills and the AFC East and what's next on this podcast. So we'll start right there. Things I liked, Josh Allen. I don't know where else to start. 31 to 38, 415 yards, three touchdowns, added another rushing touchdown, and he was electric from start to finish. He became the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era with over 400 passing yards, with at least three passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a passer rating of at least 130 in multiple games in a season. Josh Allen did it in nine weeks. Didn't force anything, made plays to all levels of the field, and distributed the football. Seattle's pass defense was bad. We knew that. Josh Allen took full advantage and made throw after throw after throw keeping the Bills' offense on schedule, scoring points, 44 points, the most ever for the Buffalo Bills under Sean McDermott. I really liked how he protected the football. There wasn't a throw in this game out of 38 attempts where I thought it was close to being intercepted. He had seven rushes. He was sacked seven times, did not fumble the football. The Bills had 420 total offensive yards when you include the lost yardage for sacks Josh Allen accounted for all but 20 of those. He proved that he can win this type of game. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but part of the reason that I didn't feel good about the Bills' chances in this game was because we've never seen Josh Allen in a game like this where we knew he was going to have to produce and match an upper echelon quarterback throw for throw. Well, my goodness, he not only did that, but he exceeded that. He outdueled Russell Wilson. Big step for Josh Allen. Continuing to answer 
questions. We were reminded today of the quarterback we watched over the first four games of the season. The guy that was a consensus MVP candidate, Josh Allen, was the MVP candidate on Sunday. You have to love the play of the wide receivers in this game. Seven different Bills receivers logged a reception of at least 20 yards. When I noticed that in the box score, my eyes popped out of my head. I don't recall ever seeing anything like that. Seven different Bills receivers with a catch of at least 20 yards. Stephon Diggs once again leads the way. Nine catches for 118 yards on 12 targets. Man, there was a couple of of opportunities that I thought that uh, Josh could have hit Diggs a a few more times, especially that deep shot where Diggs, you know, he put the – he put the arm out, said, throw it to me deep, and had his man stacked, had a few steps on him, but Josh threw it to his outside shoulder. It needed to be to the inside shoulder and maybe a step too far. But, man, there was some production left on the board there with with that play, and I thought there was another opportunity where Diggs cut off his route and Josh thought he was going to keep going, um, and that could have been another big play. But all in all, 9 for 118. Stefan Diggs continues to be a bonafide number one wide receiver. In fact, coming out of this game, he leads the NFL in receiving yards. John Brown, good to see this man healthy. Eight catches on 11 targets, 99 receiving yards. Made some plays after the catch in this one. He looked healthy. And we know that this Bills offense is different and it's better when John Brown is healthy. We cannot forget how important he was to this team last year. A 1,000 yards last year for the Buffalo Bills. He's an integral part of this offense, and we've we've noticed that, right, (laughs) over the last few weeks where he's tried to play hurt. He's missed games. This was the first time in a while that John Brown looked healthy, and I love it. Gabriel Davis, four catches on five targets for 70 yards and a, a touchdown. Obviously, Isaiah McKenzie with a touchdown, Tyler Croft with a touchdown. If you would have went into this game and I told you that Josh Allen threw three touchdown passes, absolutely none of you would have said that those went to McKenzie, Croft, and Gabriel Davis. But here we are, and I love it. I love how Josh has proven able to get multiple guys involved every single week, 31 completions on 38 passing attempts in this game. How about this for balance? 38 passes, 19 runs. That's the way you know I like it. Nearly a complete flip from last week, right? The Bills last week, they passed it 18 times and ran it 38 times. This week, 38 passes, 19 runs. Really a a, a complete flip of the script. Obviously, last week, that was dictated by two things. Obviously, the wind, right? You have 20 to 40 mile an hour winds the entire game. But Bill Belichick said... (laughs) Please don't throw the football against us. Here's here's six defensive backs. Here's seven defensive backs on all but two plays. He had at least six defensive backs on the field. He said, please, Josh Allen, don't throw it. We want you to run the football. The Bills obliged to beat the Patriots. This week, they went back to what they do best, throwing the football at halftime. There was 28 passing attempts for the Bills in three runs. Brian Dable, Sean McDermott knew what kind of game this was going to be. And they said, let's go. Let's go and have us a track meet. And we can win that type of game too. thought there was a critical moment in this game. Really critical. Seattle reduced the Bills' lead to seven points. It was 27-20 to 20 
with 156 left in the third quarter. I'm sure you felt the same way I did. Man, oh man, they're going to let this slip away. But if they can score here, go back up two scores in the fourth quarter, the Bills are going to be in really good shape. How do they respond to that? Again, a, a seven-point lead, 27-20, 156 left in the third quarter after Seattle kicked the field goal to get it to a seven-point deficit. The Bills responded with a nine-play, 82-yard drive that took 529 off the clock and increased the lead back to two scores. It started with a perfect play call from Brian Dable. It was the screen pass to Zach Moss, so a 20-yard completion, and that was at a moment where they were really starting to get pressure on Josh Allen, sending a lot of extra blitzers and getting home. Perfect timing for the play call from Brian Dable. I think this this entire game was a, a coaching win, a big coaching win for McDermott, for Leslie Frazier, and Brian Dable. The Bills clearly outcoached Seattle. And I thought this drive was really where you can gain an appreciation of just how much that was the case. So they get the 20-yard screen pass to Moss. On this touchdown drive, they convert a third and nine. They convert a third and 16. And the the drive was capped with a one-yard touchdown plunge from Zach Moss. The Bills are now up 34-20. to Still a two-score game, right? Russell Wilson, all the Seahawks games are close and weird. Seattle gets the ball back. What do they do? (laughs) Sack, right? Mario Addison catches up with Russell Wilson for a sack on first down. Second down, A.J. Klein sacks Russell Wilson. You have a third and long. What happens? Russell Wilson throws an interception to Tredavious White that was returned to the three-yard line. The next play, Josh Allen, touchdown run, and the Bills are up 41-20 to with nine minutes left in the game. That sequence, from the moment Seattle got it down to a one-score game with 156 left in the third quarter, that sequence of events, a nine-play, 82-yard touchdown drive, Two sacks and an interception, a Josh Allen touchdown. That was your critical moment. That was your opportunity where this game was in the balance, where Seattle could have done something to make it interesting, but the Bills said, nope, we're going to play our best in these moments and put this game out of reach. Let's give the defense some love. How about Tremaine Edmonds? There he was. There's that dude. There's that dude we knew last year that went to the Pro Bowl. 11 tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss. Quarterback hurry, a PBU. That PBU was beautiful. He was on. He was one-on-one with Tyler Lockett over the middle of the field. 35-inch arms showed up right there, broke up the pass. How about A.J. Klein? I think we all owe that man an apology. Five tackles, two sacks, a tackle for loss. Four quarterback hits, a pass breakup, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. I mean, that that forced fumble, that strip sack of Russell Wilson, that was him imposing himself on that moment. Unbelievable play. I will say this, and not to like throw any wet blankets over A.J. Klein's day, I'd be willing to bet that one of those sacks that he got credit for is reversed and it's given to Tremaine Edmonds. So, again, A.J. Klein looked unbelievable. He responded in a big way when the Bills needed him most. Right, Matt Milano goes on injured reserve prior to this game, and A.J. Klein has the game of 
his life when the Bills needed it most. So give credit to A.J. Klein for playing better. Give credit to Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier for working with him to put him in great positions to make plays on Sunday. But, you know, I kind of thought about this. We talk about regression to the mean, right? A.J. Klein was playing so bad. There had to be some regression up, right? Like, (laughs) he had to play better at some point. I mean, he's not like the world's worst linebacker ever. He's been in the league for a while. There's no way that he could play so poorly every week. Answered the call. Jordan Poyer, 10 tackles, a pass breakup, quarterback hurry, interception, picks off Russell Wilson in the end zone. Come on now. Jordan Poyer's answering the call this year. Jerry Hughes, another team captain, strip sack, two quarterback hurries. His ability to contain Russell Wilson in the pocket is what led to the interception for Jordan Poyer. That was a great job of Jerry Hughes being patient, keeping him inside, forcing a bad throw and an interception. Jerry Hughes in general, how about him over the last three games? Four sacks, two forced fumbles, and an interception over the last three games. We needed one of these defensive linemen to step up on the most expensive defensive line in football, and Jerry Hughes, damn it, he's done that. Mario Addison with a big sack in a critical moment. I remember watching the play, right? Russell Wilson takes a snap. He feels Mario Addison coming from his left side. Starts to roll right, and Mario Addison caught him. I'm watching this play. I had eliminated the possibility of Mario Addison catching up to Russell Wilson as I'm watching this snap unfold. And then the dude found some bursts of the quarterback that I was not expecting and, and brought him down. That catapulted a really critical defensive series that we've already talked about for the Bills. How about Trey White, an interception? That interception was a good play. He wasn't covering the guy that the ball was targeted for. Showed great eye discipline, peeled off his man, got into the throwing lane, picked the ball off, returned it down to, I think, the three-yard line. And then, of course, he had the fumble recovery on the uh, on the uh, strip on the strip sack that Jerry Hughes had. So Trey White's responsible for two takeaways in this game. Vernon Butler and Trent Murphy with timely tackles for loss. I mean, in totality, this Bills defense, yeah, they gave up some yards and some points. We knew they would. But five sacks and four turnovers. They knocked down Russell Wilson 16 times. It was the right defensive recipe. Again, we knew they were going to get yards. We knew they were going to score points. It was those difference-making plays within that script that mattered. And the Bills' defense rose to the occasion. Seattle's defense, no turnovers. The Bills' offense did not give the football away in this game. Let's talk a little bit of special teams here. I want to start with A.J. Epinesa. His ability to field that pop-up, somewhat of an onside kick, was really good. A.J. Epinesa, I've criticized him for mental mistakes this year. That was a situation where, (laughs) I mean, it would have been easy to overlook the possibility that the ball could be kicked to you just start peeling back and getting getting your depth and in, in your drop so that you can make your block on a kick return. A.J. Epinesa stayed alert, stayed aware, fielded the football, and made sure that the Bills took possession of the ball when they were supposed to. 
underrated, really good play in this football game. Tyler Bass hit three field goals. He missed from 61. I think he overkicked the ball. I think he tried to kick it harder than he needed to. But three field goals, five for five on extra points. The field goal operation looked clean with him and Corey Bajorquez on holds. And in totality, I think this is just a complete team win. The Bills played their best game of the season against a team with a consensus MVP candidate at quarterback with a 6-1 and record entering the game. Knew the type of game it would be. The Bills met the moment and won this football game by two scores. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as the feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their new Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio classes that are always available when you need them. I personally have an Echelon fitness bike that I absolutely love. I would love to learn about Lockdown Bills listeners that also have an Echelon fitness bike, and we can hook up and we can do live classes together and create some uh, some really fun groups to push each other. So if you have an Echelon fitness bike, hit me up, let me know, and let's take live classes together. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. I love my bike. I hope you can get one as well. Right now, you can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. All right, folks, let's dig into the things I did not like and Look, there's not a whole lot, and I'm going to nitpick a little bit here, but honestly, the first thing that I wrote down, and this may seem weird to you, but the, th- <laughs> the first thing I wrote down is that the Bills play home games outdoors in Buffalo. Look, we let's face it. The Bills show that they can run the football and win that type of game where it's required to run it and your passing game's not going to be on point against New England last week. But the Bills, when they're at their best, It's when they can air it out. And, (laughs) you know, I mean, it was a beautiful Sunday afternoon in November in Orchard Park, but I'm thinking about this team playing home games in December, hopefully a playoff game or two or three. And the conditions don't support this style of play. Again, I've got more confidence in the Bills rushing attack as the season has went along. I really do. But, man, I wish the Bills played indoors for their home games, given the style of play that they're most successful at. Just a little side note there. That's literally the first thing I wrote down. Number two, the Gabriel Davis second touchdown catch that wasn't. Caught the ball, ran with it. It was a great throw by Josh Allen. He's ruled out at the Seattle one-yard line. Coach McDermott did not challenge a spot and replay was pretty clear that he never stopped out of bounds and it was a touchdown. Mike Pereira confirmed that. So anyways, the sequence of events from there, from the touchdown that wasn't, Seattle stopped Devin Singletary on a run uh, for actually a a loss of one yard. Then they threw the screen to John Brown for a two-yard loss. 
an incomplete Josh Allen pass, and instead of a touchdown, Tyler Bass kicked a 22-yard field goal, and the Bills go up 27-10 three minutes into the third quarter, but my goodness, that should have been a touchdown. Next thing I didn't like is that Josh Allen was sacked seven times and hit 10 more times. You know, it's one of those things where I don't necessarily think that the offensive line played bad and that he didn't have enough protection, but Seattle was so blitz-heavy, and there were just times where there was more guys than the Bills can block. I mean, I'm watching the Bills with seven-man protections, giving up sacks, and I thought there needed to be more hot routes for Josh at times and more sight adjustments by the receivers because when you're blitzing as many guys as Seattle did, there's space. There's space to throw the football, and I don't know that from watching the game live and obviously not having a chance to watch the tape and really comment on this, I don't feel like there was enough hot routes built in that Josh Allen was aware of and took advantage of in some of those moments. So, yeah, you never want to see your quarterback seven to- get sacked seven times and get hit ten more. You know, that's that's too much. Next thing I have down is Saran Neal falling off of Russell Wilson on that blitz. Wound up being an incomplete pass, but Saran Neal is untouched as a clear lane at Russell Wilson, falls off of him, and Russell Wilson continues to throw what I would say is one of the most impressive incomplete passes I've ever seen. Tyler Lockett probably should have caught that for a touchdown, but in that moment, in that sequence of seeing Saran Neal miss a kill shot at a quarterback, the quarterback heaved the ball down the field and, you know, it's in the air and I'm seeing Tyler Lockett close to catching it. I had flashbacks. I had flashbacks to Saran Neal falling off of Deshaun Watson in the playoffs. So Saran Neal finished some of these easy plays, brother. Next thing I have down is Cody Ford and Trey White getting injured. I don't know if either one of them are serious injuries. Seems like Trey White probably could have went back into the game. They didn't need him to. Uh, Quickly got his ankle taped up. I watched the replay. I didn't really see any mechanism that would indicate a significant injury, but he didn't finish that game. Uh, And then Cody Ford winds up going out early, and um, they carted him off actually from the sideline with an ankle injury. But it was good to see him back and playing, but, you know, then he gets hurt again, um, which was disappointing. Eichbacher stepped in. Brian Winters left this game for a little bit uh, with an injury, but he came back and finished. So I think the Bills got out of the game pretty healthy, um, but Cody Ford's probably the big concern at this point. Last thing I have down under things I didn't like is obviously learning about Josh Allen's grandmother passing uh, the night before this game and wanted to express my condolences for Josh Allen and his family and obviously some difficult circumstances that uh, Josh Allen had to play through with uh, that being on his mind and certainly send them well wishes and prayers of comfort and peace during a, a sad loss for their family. So that was definitely something I needed to, uh, to put down under things that I did not like. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. This is the best tasting protein bar that I've ever had. In fact, I like to get off my Echelon bike and eat a Built Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon, almond, cheesecake, low-key, that's underrated and delicious, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're great for anyone who is health conscious, whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in something delicious, you got to try Built Bar. 
They're all low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone on the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's take a quick spin around the AFC East. Look back at my predictions and take a quick look ahead at what's next for the Bills and this podcast. In first place in the AFC East are your Buffalo Bills. Obviously, you know they beat the Seahawks 44-34 and improved to 7-2. They're first in the division. They're third place in the AFC playoffs. If the season ended today, they would host the Raiders in the wild card round of the playoffs. Miami Dolphins improved to 5-3 with a 34-31 win over the Arizona Cardinals. Shaq Lawson had a defensive touchdown in the game. Cardinals kicker Zane Gonzalez left a 49-yard field goal short indoors to tie the game late in the fourth quarter. Tua Tungavailoa was 20-28 for 248 yards and two touchdowns. Dolphins are 5-3. They're in second place in the East, and they currently hold the final wild card spot in the AFC. So right now the division that the Bills play in have two teams that would be in the playoffs if the season ended today. The Patriots are 2-5, and five, and the Jets are 0-8, and, and they play tonight on Monday Night Football. So if you want to watch a couple of division rivals play what should probably be a pretty ugly game, that'll be on your TV tonight for your viewing pleasure. Next up for the Bills is a road date with the 5-3 and three Arizona Cardinals before the bye week. How did I do in my predictions? Let's take a look. Number one, I had Josh Allen and Russell Wilson – both having 300 passing yards in this game. Got that one right. Josh Allen, 415 yards, and Russell Wilson, 390. These guys almost both had 400 passing yards. Some of that for Russell Wilson, though. Let's admit it. That was in garbage time, but nonetheless. Number two, I had either Josh Allen or Russell Wilson collecting a game-winning drive. That didn't happen. Spent a lot of time kind of preaching last week about tight games and how those are normal in the NFL and how it's really normal for the Seahawks and the Bills and how since 2018, Josh Josh Allen and Russell Wilson are tied for second with 11 game-winning drives. And I thought this game would kind of come down to who had the ball last, and it didn't. I was wrong about that. Number three, I said the turnover margin would be even. Nope, wrong about that. The Bills didn't turn it over. Seattle turned it over four times, so the Bills were plus four in the turnover department. I did not expect for Russell Wilson to be so loose with the football when it comes to, really, I think two pretty bad interceptions and two egregious fumbles. So credit the Bills' defense for making plays. This one was easy. The over-under for this game was at 55 points. I got that right. I said take the over. The teams combined for 78 points. I hope you got in on some of that free money because that was easy. And then number five, you guys probably remember this and are probably a little mad at me. I predicted the Bills would lose to the Seahawks, and I was wrong. Like I said on the podcast on Friday, I hoped to be wrong about that. And I'll tell you, the crow has never tasted better. So I am now 7-2 and two when it comes to picking the results of Bill's games so far this year. As for the podcast, tomorrow is Herd Mentality. Looking forward to it. Going to record early afternoon, probably around 1 o'clock. So 
send those items in to me. You can do it over email, joe at thedraftnetwork.com. Hit me up on Twitter, at the Joe Marino. My DMs are open. Wednesday will be our comprehensive preview with the Arizona Cardinals, a, a very unfamiliar opponent for the Buffalo Bills. Um, and so we'll break them down from every angle. I'll let you know what the challenges are for the Bills in Week 10 as the Bills look to improve to 8-2 and two and 3-0 and oh against the NFC West. Hopefully we can win two divisions this year, the East and the AFC and the West and the NFC. On Thursday, we'll have our crossover discussion with Lockdown Cardinals. Friday, you know the drill. It's leftover thoughts, our discussion with banged-up Bills on the injuries, and, of course, my predictions for the Bills. And then next week is the bye. And so I've been lining up some guests for the bye week. That way we can get some different voices on this podcast and kind of catch up on some different perspective other than mine when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. So I'm already scheduling that, already creating show concepts and, and, and outlines. So – uh, a lot of good stuff here coming up in the podcast as we break down this really good Bills football team that is now 7-2. and two. So don't miss it. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. If you like what's happening here, tell a friend. Share it on social media. Would love it if you took a moment and gave me a five-star rating and left a couple sentences in the review box. And more than anything, thanks for listening and your support here on this podcast as you listen to me ramble about this Bills football team. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.